It's 5 o'clock in pirate country, and it's time to get pumped up with the P-Man. Hit the door and hit the road. 94.3 The Game is going to get you home, and the P-Man's not holding back. Yes! Yes! Pirates win! Pirates win! Bring on the Patrick Johnson Show on 94.3 The Game. Holy mackerel! Oh my goodness! The flagship station of the ECU Pirates. And through the woods edition of the Patrick Johnson Show. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. It's great to have you along with us uh, here today. We got an action packed hour ahead. So uh, stand by for everything we have, including a uh, pirate report. Uh, we'll have that for you a little li- later on. Uh, we will uh, get to the uh, always uh, exciting, entertaining, thrilling, funny. Former Chancellor, the late great Philip Horn, portraying uh, that character on Talk of the Town Days of Yore in the real story of Thanksgiving. That'll be a hoot later on to close the program. And uh, we also will have uh, Sonny Sunholder coming up in a few minutes, uh, Pilk. So work on him to make sure we've got him ready to go next segment. Right now, though, we start with uh, Cy Seymour, analyst on uh, ESPN Plus's college basketball. Cy working both games yesterday of the uh, Town Bank class, Holiday Classic Game uh, Day 3. And, uh, of course, the uh, nightcap saw a thriller between uh, the Pirates and Kennesaw State. Went right down to the wire, as uh, we kind of thought it might. So we say hello to Cy Seymour, who joins us uh, here on the Patrick Johnson Show. Silas, what a game last night. And uh, how about that? The uh, Bobby Pettiford shot a Sports Center top play uh, in all of uh, – in all of athletics last night, pretty good stuff, uh, Cy. So, big win for the Pirates and a great shot by Bobby Pettiford. A great shot by Bobby Pettiford. And I want to give uh, really a, a shout-out to you for doing six games in three days. I, I don't know how you did it. You were on top of every game. And it was a, you're right, it was a great call last night and fun to do the game. But you, you did it for six, six games. That's, that's unbelievable and did a really masterful job. So, Really, congratulations to you. But the Pettiford shot, it'll go down as one of the big ones uh, at ECU. Cy, did we see maybe the uh, emergence of Bobby Pettiford uh, as far as taking a next step in uh, in uh, his college career? You know, I think so. I, I, and, you know, when I think back on it, this, this, this whole process with Bobby Pettiford started when he was a high school sophomore and Joe Dooley was recruiting him. And we were in Dallas, Texas, and I was at breakfast with uh, Rafael Chelius. And he said, do you know anything about this young kid? And I said, my son will know. Todd, he's at Wake Forest High School. So we're at breakfast. And I give the phone to Chelius, and he and Todd start talk, talking about Pettiford. And he and Bobby said, uh, I mean, and Rafael said, we're going to go after him. And they did a masterful job recruiting him, Joe Dooley and his staff. Well, he gets offers from Louisville. Then the Louisville coach gets fired, and he took the he took the he was going to go to Louisville. Then he goes to Kansas, but he he came back to ECU when he made the sign and he told Joe Dooley, "You did the best job recruiting me. I really appreciate it." He and his mom and his dad. He goes to Kansas and he goes out there a little while, and all of a sudden, he wants to get back in North Carolina and give credit to Mike Schwartz for jumping on it. He saw him get in that portal, and he recruited him, and Bobby Pettiford came back, and now it's the emergency. You're right. It's, it's, it, now Bobby's coming back and getting used to it and beginning to play. 
And and he was a four star player. And you're right, it's coming out in Bobby now. And well, and listen, it was great for ECU. And I know Mike Schwartz is happy. And you hit it on the button. I believe that that's the game that begins his steadiness in the program. 18 for Pettiford on uh, Tuesday night, a career high for uh, him. And uh, a year ago at this time, he was hitting a game-winning shot for Kansas in the battle for Atlantis over uh, Wisconsin. So uh, it's the time of year where Bobby Pettiford does game-winning things. Another player I thought uh, really emerged uh, this past uh, three days for East Carolina was uh, Quentin DeBunjay. Physically, he's got all of the tools. He's another transfer in from a P5 uh, school. And, uh, you know, he he really shot the ball well on uh, Monday night. Seven threes, most he's had in his career. And, of course, he tallies a career-high 27 points. Uh, he played aggressively, I thought, on Sunday in the ECU loss. And even last night, I didn't think his confidence wavered, even though his offense wasn't going as, as well as it uh, maybe had gone the first two days. Yeah, I th- I, you're right. I mean, I thought his game again on Monday night was exactly what ECU needed. They needed somebody to have a spark, and he he was lighting it up and did a really good job. And he is an excellent player. And uh, you needed. I also thought. I, I also thought when you look back at it, Jaden Walker just gets better. He he does a lot of good things off the ball, and he will help Debunje get better. That, that's the other thing. Walker's a really good defensive player and did a lot of things that were special last night. But, you know, in, in the weeds and when it got tough, R.J. Felton down the stretch was unbelievable in that ball game. So you had it from three or four different guys in three days, and that's important to East Carolina. How about uh, Brandon Johnson coming back, Cy? That obviously uh, provided a lift in the last two days of this event. Pirates had lost two without him. Uh, but... Uh, even though he's got to get some game legs back under him and he did uh, maybe tweak his ankle a little bit uh, yesterday, still having him in the uh, in the lineup is a bit of a calming presence. It really is. I mean, and they look to him. He is a, he is a leader uh, with three years of experience and, and knows how to do it. And, you know, he, the ball that he shoots is still pretty. He's going to hit those shots. He's just getting back into shape again. But his defensive presence and his inside rebounding, I thought was pivotal for East Carolina against a really good team that I thought was well coached and talented to win that ball game yesterday. That look, let's face it, they went to the sixty four, they went to the big dance, and they've got yeah. a really good young coach. They played well. Uh, if that's not on the road, I don't know if they, if EC can win that game. But but I think Brandon Johnson. Is, is a major difference. He and Felton, they've been there. They, they're playing hard. And then you throw in Pettiford, you pull in Debouge, you put in Walker and, 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 and Azar. I mean, everybody really got it done. A lot of different guys made big plays in that ball game. All right, six games into the season. Uh, you open with your first six at home. Now a road trip uh, to uh, Washington, D.C. The team will leave tomorrow and then uh, play George Mason on Saturday at 2. Cy, when you look at uh, this Pirate team through six games, uh, what, uh, what, what is the good, what is the bad? Well, the good is that you're, you're, you're getting to see a better picture of your ball club and the emergence of Bobby Pettiford as, as really a top-notch guard in the Americans. That's, that's one of the big things. R.J. Felton is consistently good. 
Brandon Johnson is consistently good. Uh, I think Walker defends you very well. Ozar is getting better. Uh, and, and so, uh, I think the pieces and DeBunjay, you got to really like what he's doing. He's getting better. The pieces are getting better, but we still have to, we still have a way to go defensively. And, uh, Sierra Malanga, we got to see him and, and both big guys played well. So there, you're, you're thinking now, if you're East Carolina, there's some, there's some chips we can move around and get better and better. And, and listen, Mike, you know this, Mike Schwartz and his staff, right on top of everything and they're determined to get this ship right completely they just hadn't gotten there yet they're, they're trying to figure out defensively who can do what they've gone zone a couple of times they go one two two zone, uh, full or three-quarter court but they're finding out who can defend what they can do i think the tournament was a great idea but they're they're still growing and improving and the pieces are there that can get better that's the important thing I th- I, really, I don't think we can underestimate what Pettiford did last night to help this ball club. Cy Seymour on the line with us uh, here, Patrick Johnson show today. Uh, it is our uh, Over the River and Through the Woods edition uh, for Thanksgiving. Pirates <laughs> will be back home and they'll play uh, UNCW on uh, the 30th, so the, a week from tomorrow. Cy with... Uh, UNCW coming in, uh, they are a tournament caliber team as well. And a lot what you saw against Kennesaw State, you'll see from the Seahawks when the Pirates are back home in a week. You know, you're right. You 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 hit it right on the button. I, I always say about you, not only do you know ECU, you knew every, you know every team that we play and every team in the area the way you need to know it. And you're right about the Seahawks. They they have all five guys back. They got a great coach. They've bought into his system and. Last year in Wilmington, they really put it on East Carolina. It will be a hard game for ECU. This team is picked to be number one in, 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 the, in their league, in the Coastal. And they they got it. And so you're right. You just played a team like that. Talented, depth, speed, quickness. Now can you match it? And I think it's going to be a dogfight and a really good basketball, a high-level basketball game But when they come into Greenville. Cy, one other thing that uh, is making the rounds on social media was uh, afterwards last night uh, a contribution going towards uh, the Pirates being able to play abroad next summer in Spain and Italy. So uh, how do we get on the trip, Cy? That's what I need you to find out for us. (laughs) I wish we could. I'm sure in talking to, to uh, to John Gilbert, uh, first of all, this summer, Mike said, one of the things we need to improve our program is to get on a foreign trip. And he said, I really want to go to Spain. I want to take these kids. It'll be an educational experience. And they get to bond. And it's a perfect time to do it next year. These kids, they come, this will be an incentive for them to come back. And with the portal, that's what you have to have. You have to have incentives. And uh, didn't know how they would get the money. He said, but this is something that needs to be done. John Gilbert gets on top of it, and he and Ryan Robinson do a really good job talking to people, and it and, uh, looks like they've gotten a, a big donation to help them make this trip uh, a reality. And uh, I wish I knew how to get on it true. But he did say this. He said, we're going we're gonna to put packages together that people, if they want to go, they can go. Didn't, oh, you know, great. Wasn't a freebie. You know, it wasn't like the old travel on, on the plane with them. You know, it's one of those. But I think it's a smart move by Mike Schwartz and by ECU, if you want to be up in the, in the top of the game of basketball, you have to take these summer trips. And uh, proud of Mike 
Mike Schwartz and his staff, for, and give, give kudos to the athletic director and his department, Ryan and John, for getting this done. Uh, that's going to be a big trip for ECU and smart in bonding your players. All right. Uh, hey, great stuff, Cy. Great to work with you uh, in uh, all three days of the event and both for yesterday. Have a happy Thanksgiving to you and your family, and uh, we'll look forward to seeing you next week. Right back at you. You have a great thank you and you'll have a great Thanksgiving. And look, be careful. I look forward to seeing you next week. See you later, buddy. All right, there he goes. The great Cy Seymour with us uh, here. It's the Patrick Johnson Show on 94.3 The Game, 94.3thegame.com and the IBX Media app. When we come back, we'll talk pirate football and more with one-time ECU tight end ESPN Plus, ESPN College Football Analyst Jay Sonalder. Sonny on the other side. Have you noticed he's in his own little happy hour? We're back to the Patrick Johnson Show on 94.3 The Game. This is the happy hour program. Here's the P-Man. All right, it is the uh, Over the River and Through the Woods edition of the Patrick Johnson Show today. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Let's go now to uh, Jay Sunholder. Sonny Sunholder uh, missed him on Monday, but uh, he is here. By the way, thanks to Philip Pilkey for filling in the last two days on the show while uh, all this other craziness uh, was going on. Got to see Sonny on uh, Sunday, I think it was, and then waited for uh, about an hour before Sonny decided to show up for dinner. But that's okay. I'm used to waiting. And uh, Sonny, <laughs> you you had so many requests. You wanted me to get you coffee. You wanted me to get and you, you everything, and I and I did not because I, I was I, I needed was not, coffee I was at that not point. Your waiter, I was not your waiter. <laughs> I'll give you this. You pop for dinner, so I gotta I gotta give you a thanks on that. Yeah, so, you're uh, welcome. Yeah, happy Thanksgiving. <laughs> <laughs> Same to you, son dog. All right, uh, look. Donnie Kirkpatrick uh, yesterday stands up before the media like a man, unlike uh, a lot of these keyboard cowboys, stands up before the media, uh, a class act, and, and speaks to him about what's going on and the decision uh, to uh, have him not continue. Now, uh, Donnie alluded to the fact that he said it was mutual and, um, and others said it was mutual. But, you know, Sonny, I think when you look at it, um, you know, something probably needed to change, but we, we've kind of talked about it here on this forum and, and even privately. Uh, while the offense and Donnie Kirkpatrick's play calling was problematic, it was a problem, not the problem. I just I just think the whole thing is, you know, it's it's sad and it's unfortunate. And, you know, I've had a relationship with Coach Kirkpatrick since, you know, since I was in school. So I've known him since 2000, 2005. And, um, you know, the, the tough part about this is, you know, he's been with ECU for so long. And he's one of those guys that all the former players had an opportunity to play for him and know what he's about. And he is an outstanding coach and somebody that every time I go up, to the office or, or go to a game or practice, I want to see him. And, and honestly, it, it's not fair. And he's taking blame for a tough season. Um, and it's, it's, again, it's just not fair. I think he is an outstanding coach and part of the solution. And with him not, you know, after this week moving on, we're losing one of the best assistant coaches, an outstanding recruiter, 
and somebody that has a bond with the player. So I just think, you know, when you have tough seasons, um, unfortunately, things happen. And I just hate it for him because he doesn't deserve it. And, and like I said, he he's an outstanding coach and has been a part of developing so many great players. And and it's it's just it's it's really a sad situation in a tough year. When you look at this, though, I mean, I think we acknowledge something had to be done. Uh, and uh, now you have to, you know, as much as it is the X's and O's, it's also the Jimmy's and the Joe's. Let's just be honest. This staff has has miscalculated on lots of players. I mean, they've missed on some recruits. And uh, that's, I think, the talent evaluation process has to improve as well. Well, and uh, yeah, and that's the tough part about it. you know he's he's unfortunately taking taking the blame. And when you you know when you've had a tough season like this, it is there are widespread reasons why um, you know it's been a, it's been a hard year. It's not just one thing, and it's not just one position group. It's not one player. It, it really goes into effect in everything. And just like with any person working their job, um, you know myself included, I have to be evaluated on every aspect of what I'm doing, you know, th this program and the players and the coaches are going to evaluate everything as well. And when, when it's, when it's been tough, I mean, everything, you know, everything has to be evaluated and everything, you know, really needs to be looked at to change because when you only have a couple wins, you know, it's for a reason and, you know, talent level needs to improve, you know, everything has to improve from the players, the coaches all, all the way down there's going to be a lot of things that have to be, you know, corrected, um, you know, in order to change and, and get back on the winning track. Is the big issue at this point, uh, and I think anybody who can figure out what's going on and, and is thinking knows that there's going to probably be uh, maybe some more addition by subtraction, but also you're going to have to be a shopper and an active shopper in the uh, portal. Uh, as as best you can. Uh, I'm not saying this is, needs to be a microwave fix, but there uh, there certainly needs to be some experienced and more talented players brought into the program. But you also have a retention issue, I would have to imagine at this point. Well, yeah, I mean, but you look at every program in, in the country, but also, you know, I mean, our league, and that's what we're competing against. Everybody's going to be going into the portal. And, and so we are going to have to bring in, you know, better players. We'll have to bring more talent and, and, you know, coach, coach them better, develop them better, all that in order to get it turned around. But also that's another key aspect is making sure, you know, all these programs have to re-recruit their own players and keep them. And if you've got a talented player, other schools are already in their ear now and going to be in their ear, even if they're not in the portal to try to give them an opportunity and try to poach players. So, it, it, you know, ECU is going to be like every school here trying to keep their own and then bring in quality players. So it's just it's just recruiting competition um, where it, instead of it happening at the high school level, you're now having to re-recruit your own players, and it's going to be key to keep your guys in-house that you want to keep and then make sure you go through the portal to bring in talented players and also mix in the high school recruits. But right now, you know, ECU's in a position where there's got to be, I think, more portal players coming in the program to fix some of the some of the issues that we have. Yeah, especially uh, in the uh, def on the defensive side of the ball, you've got to be able to to bring a lot of those guys back, and you know a lot of those players are going to be receiving uh, 
going to be receiving uh, overtures, let's just say. Uh, before well, I, I Even on the offensive side, too. Yeah, I mean, on the yeah. offensive side, obviously, there's going to have to, you know, be changes to, you know, to, and I know there are struggles there, but I mean, I think there's going to be a lot of new faces, a lot of new faces on the roster. The challenge and the key is you've got to hit on those pieces. Sonny Sunholder, Jay Sunholder is with us uh, here on the Patrick Johnson show uh, today. Okay, uh, Sonny, uh, sticking with the portal really quick. Michael Allen uh, has declared he will uh, enter the portal. J.H. Rose running back a couple years in Raleigh at NC State will not play in this weekend's game when the uh, pack take on the Tar Heels. There is uh, some thinking he might wind up uh, at ECU. was talking to some Wolfpack sources who uh, say that uh, the belief is that that's where he's going to end up is is at ECU. Time will tell. We'll see. Uh, Allen, obviously a talent. The knock on him at the collegiate level is not a lot of wiggle, but he's a very good straight ahead downhill runner. Um, I think the running, as they like to say, the running back room is uh, full at ECU, and and there's a, to a degree I think it is. But you do not have a dynamic playmaker like you did with Keaton Mitchell. Rajay Harris just isn't there. Uh, who knows if he can get back to, to where he was uh, pre-injury. Uh, you know, I think there, Green has emerged, but Green is uh, obviously a, a guy that uh, has come to you following a career at Georgia Southern. So you do need some help in that place, I think. You'll have Bond back healthy, which will which will be very helpful. Can Michael Allen help this pirate team, or are you just adding kind of another body, which you already have with guys like Edmonds and, and some others that you know are nice yeah. pieces, but uh, have not really been anybody that's emerged as as the uh, workhorse? And I don't even know if workhorse back is the term, but just someone that can be your home run hitter or, or be a difference in the run game. Absolutely. And so couple aspects of this first of all we saw him in high school Patrick and just an outstanding player and he has the type of speed that is rare so yes he can immensely help the program and right now you know ECU we've got to be in a talent accumulation process here I don't care if we have 10 running backs we need a we if if somebody can play we need to bring him in and find a way and find a role for him. And he's a guy you can split out at wide receiver or put him at running back. And, and he can play in the eye, he can play, you know, multiple positions in an offense. But he's another guy to where this is really important is we need to recruit in-state players, and especially guys from Eastern North Carolina. If there's a talent in this part of the state, we need to try to keep him at home. And, you know, obviously he went to NC State. But that's why it's important to have these relationships with the guys because if they do transfer, if they do bounce back, we want to get them to come back home. And when you have a player from North Carolina, especially Eastern North Carolina, being part of ECU matters more. There's more There's more of a sense of you know home pride, and that matters when you have somebody from Greenville and he can play for ECU. It's just a different mentality. So I think getting him would be a good get. I think we need to sell out for players like him. And I think him, if he did come to East Carolina, he's a guy with his speed that could fill that Keen Mitchell role. He, he's just somebody that you can throw the ball out on a swing pass and he can take it all the way. So I do think he's a valuable, a valuable player in the portal and somebody that hopefully we can get. 
Well, we'll see where he winds up. Uh, Sonny Sunholder with us here on the Patrick Johnson Show. One other thing about the offense, uh, just to kind of put a bow on that with Donnie Kirkpatrick uh, not being back uh, next year. Sonny, how do you uh, – what, what kind of what kind of coach do you think uh, needs to be brought in? What kind of play caller? What, what kind of philosophy needs to be adopted here? Well, I, I think I think two things. I think the first thing is, you know, once we get in the portal here and, and bring in everybody, we need to we need to build a team that's strong on the offensive line and somebody that's going to protect the ball at the quarterback position. Because in order to win, we have to be able to run the ball. And I know a lot of people talk, hey, we got to throw it, we got to throw it all the time, and you know, we got you know light up the scoreboard. In order to win, you have to be able to run the ball. And then you have to be able to play action pass and protect the ball and make good decisions. So the two aspects of players that we need to bring in are we need to have a solid offensive line and a quarterback that's going to protect the ball. As far as a play caller, I, I think we need to have somebody that's going to want balance in this offense and somebody that's going to highlight, you know, the players that we have and the talent that we we acquire. So I, I just think it's somebody with experience calling plays and somebody if they have some familiarity with this program that's a plus but i think a veteran a veteran coach um with experience is, is what is needed and again somebody that knows what east carolina is about and has a background with the pirates would be a huge plus jay sunny sunholder uh is here all right let's talk ecu tulsa the golden hurricane have played uh, their last three opponents uh tough but they have lost six in a row coming in it is senior day uh, I don't know how big the crowd is going to be. It's certainly a big blow to not have the, uh, the student section there. Uh, these games after Thanksgiving uh, stink because, uh, you know, now a couple of years ago you had Cincinnati in, but they were number four at the time. They were undefeated. They were uh, playing towards being in the uh, college football playoff, which they ultimately did. And you had 36, 37,000 looked great on ABC that day. So, I mean, I think, the right situation you can draw, but no students in a game against a, an opponent that's not a name brand by any stretch of the imagination, and you're a two-win season. I mean, it's it's a it's a bring your own energy day. I think really for both sides on Saturday. Yeah, I mean it's going to be tough as a player. You want to play in front of a full stadium, and uh, you know you want to have something on the line. And obviously, both teams have struggled this year, and 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 you know it's, it's not going to be a huge crowd with the holiday and just just the situation that these programs are in right now. So as a player, you are playing for the seniors, and you're playing to end the season right. And that I know so many people, uh, you need momentum into the off season. It is a real thing, and as a player. You know, you're not going to play a game until September. So this is going to be the last memory that you have, and you have to be self-motivated, and you are tired. You're probably beat up and hurt. I mean, it's been a long year. You have to find a way to show mental toughness, and whether there's, you know, a small crowd or a big crowd, you've got to bring the same energy and understand, too, that everything you do is being evaluated. Every time you step foot out on the field, there's film on you. So if, if you want to be watching film and the coaches see you play full tilt, th that's what you've got to do and perform at that high level. And you just have to have that mentality that, hey, listen, I'm going to go out here and play the best game of the year. This is the final game. I'm going to let it all let it all out today. And, uh, you know, whichever team really is more mentally tough is probably going to win the game. 
Let's talk about another game on Saturday night. Uh, that is uh, NC State at 22nd-ranked uh, North Carolina. Uh, Tar Heels are coming off a loss at Clemson, and uh, the Wolfpack uh, have been playing better as of, as of late. We mentioned the Michael Allen defection, uh, announcing he won't play in Saturday's game, and then he's hitting the portal. You also have MJ Morris, who has decided to take a red shirt, which is probably code for I'm going to enter the portal, so I have all of my eligibility, uh, and it's going to be a bidding war for my services type of thing. But yeah, through all this, Dave Doran uh, and and this Wolfpack uh, coaching staff, I mean, I, look, I'm no fan, but let's give them credit. They have uh, turned their season around. They looked awful against Duke. I, I was at that game. Uh, the lovely Jill and I went sitting in the club level because it met Three of my criteria, tickets off the shoulder, catered meal, close by parking. So I went. And but <laughs> NC State, <laughs> yes, NC State, <laughs> NC State looked <laughs> dreadful that day. I mean, hideously bad that day. And ever since then, credit to the Wolfpack, they've turned it around. Yeah, I mean... They were abysmal on the offensive end. They've got they've eight wins. And, uh, Sonny, they've got eight wins. I mean, who knew that? Who knew that? They could win. They could potentially win 10 games this year, win this game and go to a bowl game and win. And their offense is, is you know, obviously not good. I, I really do think it's a great <laughs> job by their staff. The way you, <laughs> you said like that, that one? was funny. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, the way you said that was funny, Sonny, yes. I, uh, I I just think it's unbelievable how they turned it around. But it just goes to show you it's a long season. And just because something looks a certain way doesn't mean it can't be changed. It can't be fixed. They've got it together. And, uh, yeah, MJ Morris is definitely going to go in the portal. There isn't a reason to redshirt unless you're going in the portal and preserving your year. So he'll be out after this year. Um, but, you know, this is an NC State team. And I'll give them the edge in this game. UNC is more explosive. But NC State plays real defense, and UNC doesn't. And, I mean, I, I trust teams that play defense, and, uh, you know, it's going to be at home. They've got a lot of momentum, UNC coming off the loss to Clemson. I, I just think, you know, Dave Dorn has done a great job with this team to, to get them changed and get, get the season rolling the right way. And they have an opportunity here in the rivalry game to win this one. But uh, I think it's going to be close. I just think I give NC State the edge because of their defense. Sonny, I hope you and your family have a uh, really nice Thanksgiving. Thank you for the time here. Thank you for uh, dinner the other night, and thank you for your friendship over the years. And uh, I'm thankful that I know my pal Sonny Sunholder. I'm thankful for you, and hey, you inside did a great job on the game last night. That was awesome to hear your call. I know it was, it was great to be there, but uh, you went national, baby. You're everywhere. I'm... Unfortunately, I am, and I hope to be uh, nowhere for the next few days. That's the plan. All right, uh, Jay Sunholder. <laughs> yeah, same to you, buddy. Uh, Jay Sunholder with us here. Stay tuned. When we uh, come back, we will have our pirate report. And still to come, the former chancellor's real Thanksgiving story. A staple unlike any other during the holiday season. It is the Patrick Johnson Show, 94.3 The Game and the IBX Media App. And now, Patrick Johnson with today's Pirate Report on the flagship station of the ECU Pirates, 94.3 The Game. 
All right, uh, it is our pirate report and some uh, house cleaning for you uh, as far as uh, our schedule goes. Uh, Pilk, I can't. Well, okay, here we go. I've now accessed uh, this. I didn't think I was going to be able to access it, but I have. Uh, all of a sudden, it's popped up on my screen. So, uh, good news there. Okay, so uh, Saturday. First of all, for this show, uh, Pilk will have best of on Friday, Fox Sports tomorrow for Thanksgiving, and uh, best of at 5 o'clock on, or 6 o'clock on uh, Friday, I guess it'll be. Uh, what time, or what are we going to have on best of, Pilk? Tell the people. We've got the uh, interview with John Feinstein as well as the one with Marty Smith. So we've got a lot of authors on our sports show. Kind of a uh, couple big different personalities. Way. Big yeah. personalities. Yeah, so. it'll be good. Great interviews, by good. the way. Well, thank you, Pilk. All right, so uh, on Saturday, we will have uh, coverage from our Fort Game Day location, uh, our Pirate uh, Game Day countdown from 11 to 1. Are you all doing some sort of bridge show after that, Pilk? Yeah, Scooter and I are going to leave it into lead it into basketball coverage right here on ninety four three the game, and then on one zero seven nine WNCT network coverage for football will start at one o'clock. All right, and then the game kicks at two. The Pirate basketball game tips at two, and you'll hear that on ninety four three uh, the game. But we'll be here for the Bushlight Pirate game day countdown uh, from eleven to one. Uh, that after uh, that morning and afternoon uh, from uh, our locale. All right. Uh, Let's hit it here with uh, some cuts for today's Pirate Report. And uh, Coach Houston, excited for Senior Day. I thought they were positive on Sunday. Um, excited about this weekend being back in Dowdy Ficklin Stadium. Uh, obviously, it's Senior Day. Uh, and there's a, a group of seniors that have, um, you know, they've done a lot of things that uh, we need to make sure that we focus on this week. And, uh, you know, they've been a part of back-to-back -back bowl games. Uh, you know, they were on the field last, uh, last December uh, for the Birmingham Bowl victory. And uh, it's, it, this season has not been what we wanted from a one-loss perspective. Uh, but these young men have competed and uh, been fantastic. And uh, look forward to honoring them pregame. Uh, and then our complete focus is on Tulsa and uh, making sure that we have an opportunity to send them out the way we all want to. Uh, this was a uh, coach talking about uh, the decision to let Donnie Kirkpatrick go. Obviously a very difficult decision. Uh, coach Kirkpatrick and I have been together for a while, and uh, we've had a lot of success together, uh, and there's been a lot of really, really good times. Um, he is disappointed in uh, the performance of our offense uh, and in our season overall this year, uh, just as well as I have. Um, Donnie is someone that uh, we all care about. Uh, his family, we care about them. Uh, it was a tough conversation, but uh, you know the one thing about him is he is always going to handle himself in a first-class matter and very professionally. Um, so it was it was definitely that kind of conversation. Um, he cares a lot about this university and this program. Obviously, he has had stints here with uh, both Skip and Ruff uh, before coming back with me. So. He's been a part of some, you know, pretty bright uh, moments in, in pirate football history, um, and you know his big thing is he wants to he wants to finish off his time here uh, and this season on a positive note, and so he's very focused on trying to help our team and our coaches uh, figure out a way to get a win on Saturday, um, and uh, just you know have a lot of respect for just the way he uh, handled everything. 
All right, and then uh, cut six, Donnie Kirkpatrick uh, talking about his conversation with uh, Mike Houston. God, that was the worst day of my life probably, you know, and I was so frustrated, and I knew coaches getting beat up, and, you know, we just kind of started talking, and I was like, you know, maybe we just need to, you know, and I I know some people in town and probably some of the administration needs a little blood. I said, bloody me up, take it, whatever we got to do, you know what I'm saying? Uh, So we just kind of decided it might be time to, 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 to make a change. And um, there'll be a lot of stuff in me go through. But right now I don't have time for that because we really want to play this game. We really want to do well. We really want to win, you know. And uh, we've just got so many good kids that have hung in there. we got some seniors that I really want them to have another time to sing the victory song. And I want to sing it. Hey, kudos to Donnie Kirkpatrick for standing up in front of the media yesterday, Pilk. Um. A lot of these people have been calling for Donnie to be axed. Would never have had the grace that Donnie had if they lost something in their professional life like that. I guarantee you. All right. uh, When we come back, much brighter note to end on. The former Chancellor's official story of Thanksgiving. We'll be back. And now, the stunning conclusion of the show. It's the P-Man here on 94.3 The Game. All right, one of the uh, great uh, bits in uh, IBX media lore and talk of the town uh, is uh, our great friend, the late Philip Horn, who portrayed the former chancellor. And he came on talk of the town. This was when uh, I was uh, on the first time with Henry and uh, Trent McGee, and we were... uh, the three-headed monster. And so we had uh, Philip come on, and he would portray uh, the former chancellor character, which was based on ECU's old chancellor, William Muse. So uh, this is the uh, former chancellor, RIP, the late, great Philip Horn, but the former chancellor with uh, the real story of Thanksgiving, a Thanksgiving Day tradition unlike any other. For the Patrick Johnson Show. It's always uh, great to be back here in Greensboro. I have <laughs> two friends and no family. <laughs> really? No family? No family. But you got both your friends. But I regard you as my family. You and what did you say his name was? <laughs> Patrick. Patrick and Trevor. Trent. A family that could use some counseling, but a family nonetheless. <laughs> you got that right. <laughs> well, you know, we got the big football game this weekend. It's uh, NC State, East Carolina, and uh, we got Thanksgiving. Just a lot, a lot of things to talk about here this morning. And many people will want to thank me personally for helping to turn the fortunes of Eastern College's athletics program around. <laughs> no doubt. Hiring Chip Hurts, the skip, athletics. Skip, skip Holtz. Right. The athletics director, Tony Amsterdam. (laughs) Terry Holland. Right. Yeah. But Hootie, Thanksgiving is more. Henry. Right. Than just our favorite foods and our favorite customs. Yeah. Like lighting the Thanksgiving pecan log. (laughs) Drinking green beer. Abducting leprechauns. 
and then throwing up in the gutter. <laughs> Chasing beavers until they see their shadow and cry, Uncle Buck. <laughs> Painting turkey eggs all kinds of bright colors and then hiding them under the mattress for little children to find. <laughs> Dressing your girlfriend up like the Playboy Bunny. <laughs> and inviting her over to the grotto. <laughs> Waving brightly colored beads and asking her to shout, Mashed potatoes, gravy, and cranberry sauce! <laughs> <laughs> While it is all of these things that have come to be part of our American experience, like gathering around the television to watch baseball. <laughs> that's that's uh, that we wa gathering around the television to watch football, sir. Well, there's room in our multicultural society for your family, too, Henry. <laughs> At least he got my name right that time. It's also very important to understand the true meaning of Thanksgiving. Yeah. To know the Thanksgiving story, which goes something like this. The Thanksgiving story? The Thanksgiving story. Uh-huh. This is history, Herman. This is not something bogus like running a radio station. <laughs> a long time ago, a group of courageous men and women called hobbits were sick and tired of living in a country where they were being persecuted for being short, not having cars, and no Powerball jackpot. <laughs> and so they made up their minds to leave their country called the Big East Conference. Everybody does. To set sail for a better life, a place called the BCS. <laughs> yeah. So they asked some other people to go with them, like Abraham Lincoln, Jerry Lewis, and Doug Clark. <laughs> Doug Clark? You mean Doug Clark from the Hot Nuts? Lewis and Clark. <laughs> Gilligan, the skipper, Ginger, and Marianne. How about the professor? <laughs> and a volleyball named Wilson. <laughs> By the way, did you do that for Ginger or the Professor? I Ginger. Know you're a <laughs> Ginger. Ginger or Marianne, Mr. Chancellor? Ginger. <laughs> I'm sorry. Go ahead with your... They left the Bahamas in a boat called the Maytag. <laughs> Maytag. And they sailed right up the Pamlico. <laughs> Before they took a right turn to go to New York, there was an uncomfortable incident. Abe Lincoln spotted George Washington on the banks of the Pamlico and yelled, Hey, I'm 6'4". You're little Washington. I can take you into the paint. And Washington said, You can bite me, you big ape. Is that where that term came from? I didn't realize that was the first time it was ever used. Then. And Lincoln said, not with wooden teeth. <laughs> we may need an EMT for Patrick in there. And Washington said, yeah, well, I wouldn't go to the theater in New York if I were you. 
especially with a bunch of elves. <laughs> Fortunately, cooler heads prevailed. By the way, Lincoln was shot in a theater in Washington, not New York, just then. Right. <laughs> it was from that moment on that the hobbits decided they would be known as pilgrims, you know, to avoid the stigma. <laughs> a fresh start and all. Yeah. When the boat got to Rockefeller Center, <laughs> the pilgrims were greeted by the Cleveland Indians. <laughs> who were led by a powerful chieftain named Crisco. <laughs> the Indians, who couldn't hit off-speed pitching, <laughs> also couldn't pronounce the word pilgrims. <laughs> the closest they could get was the word Puritan. Oh. At any rate, the Indians said, let's have a party. What you got? <laughs> and the Puritan said, we've got this vegetable oil. Why don't we have a Crisco party in honor of your chief? <laughs> a lot of, it seems like there were a lot of traditions that were formed during this period of time. Maybe. There were three long days of self-basting and a big feast. <laughs> and the pilgrims and the Indians lived peaceably in a revenue-sharing arrangement <laughs> until the Indians were bought by the Clampets. <laughs> And were moved to Kingston, North Carolina. <laughs> That's Kingston. Right. And that, my friends, is the story of the courageous men and women who started the first Thanksgiving. That's amazing. Wow. I, I never knew that before. That's the first time I've actually heard the real story of Thanksgiving. Thank you for sharing that. It's remarkable. Fortunately, I will be delivering the same speech to... The East Coast College East Pilgrim Car football East team. East, Car <laughs> East Carolina Pirates. Right. Yeah. This Saturday in the locker room at Durwood Frickin' Stadium. <laughs> <laughs> Coach Scooter Holt has asked me <laughs> to give this inspiring speech. The game is actually in Raleigh, sir. Uh, did he ask you to come to the stadium here in Greenville? Specifically. <laughs> Oh, man, you just still laugh at that. That's uh, a classic. Uh, we miss Philip Horn greatly and uh, uh, needed a nice laugh uh, after uh, this week. And uh, that was certainly that from Philip there. Really good stuff. All right. Uh, hey, thanks to Jay Sunholder for being on with us today. Appreciate Sonny's uh, time. And uh, thanks to Cy Seymour for hopping on the phone with us as well. Uh, and uh, congrats to the Pirate basketball team and Bobby Pettiford. They're a sports center number one play in the top ten from last night. So that's good stuff. And uh, thanks to Philip Pilkington, Yeoman's work for uh, Pilk this week and uh, today especially. And uh, don't forget, we'll be on the air uh, Saturday at 11 a.m. with our Pirate Game Day Countdown. For Bush Light, 94-3 the game from 11 to 1, our Fort Game Day 2.2 location. And then uh, from uh, 1 to 1.30, Pilk and Scott Rogers will have a hybrid bridge show for you. Getting you ready for Pirate basketball coverage. 2 o'clock will be the uh, tip time on 94-3 the game for ECU and George Mason. The football game on 107.9 WNCT and all of the other stations across the network. 
with a uh, network airtime of 1 o'clock and a kickoff at 2. Have a great Thanksgiving. Safe travels to you and yours. Hope it's a great one, and uh, we'll see you uh, Saturday for the pregame. Back here Monday for the Patrick Johnson Show.